The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Pesky Report. My name is Brad Chandler. This is episode number 214. With me today, I have one of my co-hosts that is a part of the weekday show and one of the co-hosts who is part of the weekend show. I've got Tim. What's up, Brad? I'm so happy we're back, and I'm so happy Ooh. the beautiful Hogdale is here. Thanks for ruining the introduction, you asshole. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just and, so excited, dude. And, yeah, you're fucking... Uh, and also with us today, we've got the beautiful bad boy of Boston Red Sox Twitter, uh, Hogdale. How you doing, boss? I'm doing fantastic, man. It is uh, it is indubitably that time. It is. And, and like you said, Tim, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I would say we're full on back yet um, with like, we'll be doing the two episodes a week um, rundown of, of the games and whatnot. Uh, we are still in spring training. We'll probably get there like at the end of spring training, which is in a couple weeks. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe we're almost there. I mean, we play games that count this month. So in my mind, we're back. We play one game. That That's still a game. Is a game. Brad's <laughs> trying to shit on my parade right now. Hey, man, I'm not trying to shit on anybody's parade because honestly, like the best thing that's happened to me since uh, you know spring training started is the fact that like I get to I get to actually listen to the games while I'm at work. So, like I was telling you guys beforehand, it's like during the off season, it's kind of boring. It's you know not boring with the podcast and whatnot, but like you you listen to a podcast that drops like once every other week or whatever. And then you listen to music or you listen to an audio book, which is something I started getting into recently. Just finished uh, uh, four of the Harry Potter books. Fuck yeah, brother. Um, the audio books are the best. I just, uh, I'm obsessed with them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> awesome. Um, I just finished reading a book that I started like 12 years ago. Uh, it's called, I, I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. It's such a funny book. You know, like it, <laughs> If you get a chance to, I would definitely listen or read it. Um, it's probably one of the funniest books I've ever read. Um, I, I definitely love the movie, so if you get a chance to watch that, definitely. Um, but the off season, uh, the off season is tough to survive for a lot of people. Me, I'm a fucking sports junkie, so like whatever sport is on TV, usually I'm getting invested into it, so I can put yeah, a lot of my time and energy into that. Same, dude. I can't do that. See, like you two are both like Patriots fans, and like it must have sucked last year for you guys. But um, just like how? I can't, I can't watch football. Like I, I'm one of those people that like I can't get invested in football, and it's not because like I don't want to like it, it's because I just can't get into it. You know, Brad, have you ever tried hockey? I don't like it. God, I fucking love hockey. I love hockey. Well, so they don't fight nearly as much as they used to. Yeah, but the fight it makes the fights but, better now because they're, they're so rare. And in all honesty, like I grew up in Connecticut, so like my team when I was younger were the Hartford Whalers. 
I used to listen to the Whalers all the time on uh, on the radio. And when they moved, I just, I mean, like, I root for the Bruins, but I'm not going to, like, watch it, you know? Dude, they're on an insanity run this year, though. Oh, yeah, they are. So aren't, aren't the Celtics on, like, a win? Yeah, the Celtics are right, too. Yeah. They're, uh, I mean, they're right now, they're probably the favorite team out of the East to win. We'll see. All right. So, totally. so what I was trying to say is, like, now that we got spring training and whatnot, <laughs> so, like, I, I get at work at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. So, when I get to work, I put in my earbuds and I listen to something or whatever. Now it's like, hey, there was a game, a couple games on yesterday. I can throw that game on, you know? So, like, when I went into work on Monday, dude, oh, <laughs> dude. All I did all day until the Red Sox played was listen to other games, and it's so awesome. Like it's, it's, it's like baseball is back, but it's not back. You know what I mean? Like these these games don't count, but it's awesome to be able to hear that baseball is back. Not just that, but like another part of it, it's awesome hearing guys that like. Like the normal baseball fan wouldn't know, like the minor league guys. I love that so much more. That's my favorite part of like spring training is the beginning because you see the non-roster invitees that are trying to fight for a chance to be either on the opening day roster or make the 40-man. Right. Uh, I was actually just saying something about that to you guys right before we popped on. It's like it's so awesome that like, you know, we've chatted with, you know, like Nick Stogard, uh, Brandon Walters, Chris Murphy, Rio Gomez. And you know, not knocking the uh, uh, the fans that don't know them because I was once that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know who, who like the minor league players were, but like seeing them getting the chance and they're playing at, at like I'm seeing them on Nesson, you know. So like that's awesome. I shot one of the guys. I shot two of the guys uh, a message on Twitter, like saying, "Hey, dude, you look great," um, and. You know, had a little conversation with them and whatnot, not expecting them to bullshit with me or whatever. But it's, it's like, hey, that's cool. You got that connection with those people, so those are our guys now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like wicked. It's wicked pissing, man. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 pretty cool, dude. Like I feel like a little kid. You know, I'm almost forty years old, and I'm like feeling like a little kid again. Just. <laughs> Tim with the mute, absolutely coming in clutch. <laughs> uh, so we have a few things that I want to talk about today. I, uh, you know, tried something new here. Uh, been trying to do it for the past two years with writing notes and whatnot when it came to uh, uh, the podcast and episodes and whatnot. But uh, we got a few things to talk over. We're going to talk some Red Sox. We're actually going to talk some uh, MLB news as well. We've had we've heard about some guys that got hurt. Um, We've already talked about the pitch clock and whatnot on the last episode. I'll get you guys, you know, Hogdale, we've already got your uh, opinion on the pitch clock. I'll ask him his opinion and whatnot. Uh, We've got news, um, you know, just found out that a a former Red Sox player just signed with another team, uh, which I think is fantastic. Um, So, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it, guys. So, I believe it was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. Uh, during workouts, there was a flood of tweets that came through that said that there was a mariachi band uh, during the workouts. And lo and behold, it comes out that it's Alex Verdugo who ended up hiring a mariachi band 
uh, because Alex Kaur decided to, you know, task them with, hey, uh, anybody who's doing the World Baseball Classic, you know, I want you to teach everybody about your the uh, the, the country that you're playing for or whatnot. So Alex decided that he was going to hire a mariachi band. And it literally looked like everybody had fun with it. Um, what were your guys' reactions when you saw that? Because I laughed. I laughed my ass off. I've never seen such a big smile on Chris Sale's face as I saw when they panned that video to him. That dude looked like he was having the time of his life, and that's the energy that they need going into this year, especially from a guy that they're expecting a lot out of in Chris Sale. So I'm sorry. Can we stop using energy and start using vibes? Yeah, the, the vibes. The, the vibes are high. I'll say that. They're vibing out. Okay. Hi, yeah, what were your thoughts? The vibes do check out. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just so hilariously on brand for, like, Alex Rodugo. Of course, he, he's the one who brought the, the fucking mariachi band in. Who, who else on the team would have done such a thing? I just love the idea of, like, you know, showing everyone on the team, like, your respective culture. That being said, the idea of, like... Masataki Yoshida, like, getting everyone in the clubhouse, like, rounded up to, like, put some, like, anime on the fucking screen, like, yeah. this is culture. <laughs> nah, <laughs> it's gotta be Sumo. He, he's gotta be doing Yo, Sumo. Yo, Sumo would be sick, too. Yeah. <laughs> culture. Can, wait, yeah. can we can we also give Jaron Duran some credit for that, too? Because he was involved. No. He, he was involved with it, but, I mean, Verdugo was the one that, you know... He studied for like four hours after <laughs> after like Sunday's game. I mean, like, come on, man! Like, uh, we didn't, you know, no disrespect to Duran, you know, but it's like we didn't hear about him sitting around waiting, you know, doing some studying or whatever f- for this uh, this test or whatever it was. Yeah, not giving him uh, the credit for Verdugo, who is the vibe orchestrator currently. Yeah, Paul, Paul Wall Grills. Um, speaking of Alex Verdugo, uh, it was, uh, it was said on Chris Verdugo, who's happened to be, who happens to be Alex Verdugo's brother. Uh, I believe it was a tweet that he had mentioned that he had talked to Alex about hitting leadoff. Um, now the problem I see with this is that they're talking about Rafi hitting uh, second because you give your best hitter. Uh, you give your best hitter more at bats if they're hitting second, right? So, what's the you know? There's, I don't feel like he's going to start off a lineup lefty lefty right away. I mean, there's a possibility if it's a righty uh, pitcher, but I don't see it happening. Uh, Hagel, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I'd be okay with Verdugo hitting leadoff. It's one of those things that. In the past seasons, we talked about for sure wanting him to do it. it in terms of like a dude hitting hitting in front of Rafi though, with him in the two slot, I just I want a guy who's an on base specialist. You know, give Rafi right. as many chances as possible to knock a guy in. So, and you know what, well, you know Verdugo can get on base. The problem is, is that he gets thrown out at second because he he tries. Yeah, love the guy, absolutely he's, love. Verdugo. He's the most tragic base runner on this entire team. <laughs> love like I love him. I do love Alex Verdugo. Like again, he's the vibe connoisseur. We love this man, but this man cannot run the bases for shit. Like. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he got thrown out at second the other day. Yeah. He was trying to t- take a sing- uh, make a single into a double. It's like, come on, bro. Uh, Tim. Um, I am actually okay with it. 
only for the fact that I want someone who is comfortable leading off. And they were talking about Yoshida possibly not being comfortable leading off with him being used to hitting in the middle of the order. And if, right. if Verdugo is texting his brother being like, yeah, it's something I want to do. I want a guy who has the confidence to do it and will be okay with leading off. So, I mean, I'm okay with lefty-lefty. He just needs to learn how to stay on base better because he can get on base. It's just about staying on base, like you guys were saying. Right. That's the thing, though, with the confidence thing. Is that that's why, like, when I hear the idea of a you know, Tristan Cassis leadoff hitter, I don't immediately like you know be re- am revolted by it because he's like he's just built different. Like mentally, he's just so sound in his game, and he's just got such a complete and utter mastery of the strike zone at such a young age. I understand if you want to start the season off hitting them, you know, six or seven, you know, get them adjusted get him comfortable but you know if later in the season he's hitting his stride you want to try him a lead off i would 100 percent be down with that uh what are you Hagel, what are your thoughts on having uh say christian arroyo uh batting lead off I, I i know what you're doing and i i don't appreciate it first off when i said that originally i was right <laughs> No, you you are one hundred percent right. You are one hundred percent right. I will not have I will not be slandered for a take that was right at the time. No, you were one hundred percent right. So for those that don't know, I believe it was was it twenty twenty one? Yeah, I think year. it was twenty twenty one. So Hagio had first a take. Episode, I think. Uh, it was um, we were trying to get Kike as leadoff, and it just wasn't working. It was not working. Uh, another guy I love. And he's another vibes guy, but um, Kiki just wasn't working out. And Hogdale was screaming at the top of his lungs that you need to put Christian Arroyo as the leadoff guy. And he said that if Alex Cora did not do that, he was going to. Him. No, yeah. you said you were going to fight him or you were going to jump off a bridge, I think. Yeah, yeah, that sounds either one of those. <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing, though, as I said, I was going to fly down there, I was going to, you know fight uh, Alex Cora and then he beat the shit out of me because he's much more fit than I am. <laughs> but I'd still be sending a message. Right. So um, moving on. Uh, so I, I've been doing, you know, some reading uh, when it comes to baseball lately. Cool. And uh, it's been get, getting a little knowledge here and there. But um, according to MLB.com, I forgot who the writer was. I, I, I forgot to put that in the notes, but uh David Hamilton could be the dark horse for the Red Sox this season because of his speed, the size of the bags, and the amount of times pitchers can throw over. Very interesting, in my opinion. Like, that's – you're shaking your head no there, Tim. I don't like it. Why not? I, he hasn't played above double A. Yeah. I, I like – I would like to see him didn't, at least get a- Didn't Rafi switch from – go from double A to MLB? Yes, but that was – that was I'm under not a, trying to compare no, no, David no, no. Hamilton. No, I know you're not, but it was just it was under a different front office. I don't see them taking that path with a guy at Hamilton's level. Now, maybe if it was Mayer, I could see them skipping over AAA with him if they felt he was comfortable enough in AA. But I don't see Hamilton being the type of guy to completely skip over AAA. So maybe at the end of the year when rosters expand, you're making a playoff push, you want some speed. In defense, then you could see Hamilton up, but I just I don't see him being a dark horse to make the roster out of the gate. I don't think it's I don't think they were talking about him making the roster out the gate. I think you know just with the speed and whatnot. To make impact, yeah. right? Uh, Hogdale. No, actually, Loki uh, like it a lot. 
Because if you look at the way the rule change has been structured this year, uh, stolen bases are going to be up, and they're going to be up by a decent amount. And if there's one thing that David Hamilton is exceedingly good at, it's swiping bags. He stole, what, 70 bases last year in the minors? Yep. Set the Red Sox, uh, you know, minor league record for stolen bases. I, yeah, <laughs> like, that's nuts. Uh, like, pitchers can't throw over as much now. The bases are bigger. I think, like, the idea of having a dude come in to be more of, like, a de- dedicated pinch runner to, like, to steal a base, I think it's going to be coming back in a big way. Yeah, I agree. Also, uh, it was Ian Brown uh, who had that segment for David Hamilton. Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Uh, I thought it was. I don't know if there's any other MLB.com writer for the Boston Red Sox. So, uh, we already talked about Yoshida not guaranteed to be the leadoff guy. Um, they're, you know, whatever. I mean, they talked about him possibly being a leadoff guy. I don't think it was ever set in stone. Uh, with him being the leadoff guy, nothing's ever set in stone. I mean, uh, what was it? Like I said, 2021 Kike was the leadoff guy and that just did not work out until like the end of the season, basically. So them spending uh, the 90 million on Yoshida and saying that he could be a leadoff guy or they see him as a leadoff guy doesn't mean that he's going to be a leadoff guy. I mean, if he's got the power and he can hit the ball all over the place, whatever, you know, Put them, put them where it's going to benefit the team. Hundred percent. And the Red Sox have on-base machines everywhere on this team. They they can find someone to hit lead off. Like my God, this team this year. I'm just so excited to see them work in the regular season because they are going to grind these pitchers to dust with these at bats. Like every like ninety percent of this lineup is just has amazing you know discipline and plate vision. I just. I'm so excited, man. This season's going to be epic. I like the idea of Yoshida hitting, like I said earlier, fourth or fifth, because that's what he's comfortable with. That's what he's seen the most. And if you have a guy leading off who can see a lot of pitches, then you have Devers who knows when to swing and when not to swing. Then say you insert Turner, which I think he'll be hitting third. There's another on-base guy. You get Yoshida hitting fourth. He's power or on base. So I think the lineup structure would work out great for him to be hitting in the middle of the order. Yeah. Um, from what I've seen of Yoshida, it seems like uh, he's got opposite He's got opposite um, power. I mean, we haven't seen him hit a home run yet, but I mean, like, he had a fly ball the other day. Granted, it was a fly ball, and but it was a sack fly, right? Yeah. Am I yeah. mistaken? So – Whatever. Uh, I think I'm okay with what they decide they're going to do because if they decide that they want to put, you know, just for shits and giggles, that they want to put, um, is it Ramio? Is that how you say his name? Like if yes. they wanted to put Tapia as the leadoff guy, I wouldn't hate it, you know, as long as it works, you know, yeah. um, even if they wanted to do the Kike experience again. I wouldn't hate it. I love Kike. I think he'd be a great leadoff guy, but the you gotta cut that cut the strikeouts out, you know. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Moving forward, uh, so it looks like Whitlock uh, might not be ready for uh, opening day. I'm not too concerned about it. I want him to be 100% before he pitches, seeing how he is going to be worked out to be a starter this year. And it's an experience like he, 
I read a quote the other day saying he feels like he or something along the lines of him feeling like he has the power to start, which he's never felt really like he's had in the majors before because he's never been stretched out like this since he's been on the Red Sox. So I just want him to be 100% before they throw him. And I don't think he'll be out for too long, maybe two weeks at most if it's if he's not ready till the regular season. Yeah, they said that he might miss a start. Uh, oh, oh, uh, a turn or two. It's nothing mm-hmm. like that's going to be uh, super um, extensive. Yeah, it's it, it, it's because he hasn't been able to do. I think it was PFPs, they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, anything on that? It's whatever. I mean, yeah, it's you want him to be 100%, you know, healthy, ready to go. Everything that Garrett Whitlock himself has said, like about him throwing, indicates that he's feeling a lot better than last year in general because he just he's referenced repeatedly how he really had to strain to you know get his stuff to move the way that he wanted it to last year just because of how he was you know hampered by a bit of injury and he said this year it's feeling effortless so he he'll get here when he gets here uh we have the Sox have sneaky depth right now like in the rotation and in the bullpen so I'm not super worried about him missing like a week or two we do we have a couple guys down in in triple a right now that and a moment's notice, they could be up in uh, up in Boston. And I seriously think that Murphy, Mata, or uh, Walter could be, you know, the next the next pitcher called up. So, um, did you guys see what Alex Cora said about Paxton? No, he I didn't. He, uh, that he distinguished himself, right? Yeah, he pack. he said he was distinct. He was distinguishing himself amongst the pack of starters. So he was really impressed with him. That's good to hear. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, I I know that I've said it before uh, about the fact that we only have two lefties now, um, but like, I guess fuck it, you know, whatever. Um, but that's good to hear because that's a you know, what what is he making three million this year? Yeah, yeah. So, um, we'll we'll see. I'm, I believe. Give me a second. If I'm not mistaken, he's getting ready to make his uh, spring training. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think they said Friday. Uh, yeah, so Hauk is tomorrow. Paxton is Friday. Uh, Pavetta is Saturday. Kluber again on Sunday against the Marlins again. You know what really sucks about that Friday game? It's not televised. Yeah. You know, You know what's great about that? What it'll be on the radio, <laughs> um, and uh, Monday is to be determined, and it looks like for sale, maybe, maybe I'm not sure. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, we see no Matt Barnes because you know he's been popping up lately. <laughs> him and his anal beads, dude. Did you, did you see that picture I posted? I did see the picture. <laughs> I, I don't I don't hate I have no hatred for Matt Barnes. I don't hate him as much as you know um Brady does. Brady absolutely despises Matt Barnes. And he has good reason. It has nothing to do with the fact that he sucked on the Red Sox the past couple of years. Um anybody who knows this podcast know you know 
you've heard it a couple times. And if you haven't, you can definitely go back and listen. Yeah, the Brady um, lore. Yeah. <laughs> he absolutely despises Matt Barnes and it has nothing to do. I with just don't understand how like years. How can you hate someone who gave you twenty million dollars so much when you were immediately like turned into a pumpkin, like as soon as the contract Yeah, was the fact that he said that was like He's like, oh, you know, just because one guy is making the decisions doesn't mean that you hate everybody. It's like, bro, like, dude, no self awareness. I, I wish I had the mental self image of Matt Barnes because this man clearly thinks he's like fucking Liam Hendricks or something. <laughs> like, bro, bro thinks he's Liam Hendricks when really he's like Chris Boobich. Like, that's the skill level you're actually on. Oh, man. It'd be like if I was walking around thinking I had the cloud of fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio only, you know, he could only wish that he had, you know, cocktails. All right, moving forward. Also, speaking of injuries and whatnot, uh, did you guys read the article that I posted in the uh, chat about uh, Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck? Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I yeah. missed that. Yeah, so uh, Tanner Houck, you know, obviously, you know, Houck got surgery, so didn't. Uh, oh, uh, no, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, um, it's also, you know, Houck's going to be ready. He's pitching tomorrow, obviously, or when this drops, it'll be today, I guess. Um, but I don't know if I feel concerned about this or I'm just like, fuck. Um, but it looks like there's a good chance that Dale isn't going to be, oh, excuse me, isn't going to be ready for opening day. Uh, it sounds like his progress has uh, slowed down after he experienced the uh, forearm soreness. Don't they're saying it. that it's they're... Oh, well, Give me a sec. It doesn't seem like that injury. It doesn't seem like the injury is serious, um, but he has been back to throwing. I believe he threw a, a side session today or a bullpen today. So, uh, any concerns on that, guys? What are your thoughts? It's not great. Uh, I, I wish there were no concerns to this point. I mean, I think they're saying that he'll be fine, so I'm going to take them at their face value and think that he will be fine. But uh, I, I won't lie and say that it's not a little you know, disconcerting. I'm not really – oh, sorry, Hogdale, were you not finished? No, you're, I'm done. Go ahead. Okay. I wasn't really con- too concerned, but, like, the further this progresses, the more concerned I get. Like, I thought it was just going to be shut down for a few days, but now – they're talking about him not being ready for the start of the season, which that makes it a little more concerning. At first, like there was no concern, but now it's starting to ramp up to be concerned. Uh, I don't, like I said, I'm not sure on how I feel about it. Uh, there were talks, you know, like as soon as it happened, there was talks like, oh, this is on his way to getting Tommy John. And it's like, wow, way to overreact, you know, like, um, and people were just saying, like, oh, he's been working with Pedro. Um, like, what do you mean ramping up? It had nothing to do with ramping up. It was the fact that he was working on it, I believe, uh, from what I read. Uh, and if I'm wrong, correct me. I believe it said that he was working on his breaking pitches. And that's how it happened. It had nothing to do with him uh, ramping up. So... Um, my thoughts, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Tim, um, like not overly concerned, 
just to, you know, I'm, I'm there. I know what's going on, um, but I'm not going to full blow and be like, oh, my God, the world's going to, you know, go blaze. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we do have some good news coming from uh, about Mondesi. I'm not even going to attempt to try to say his name. I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Alberto uh, Mondesi. Adalberto, is that how you say it? See, that's why I didn't want to say it. I felt like I was going to fuck it up, but I did fuck it up. So if I just say Mondesi, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, he ended up taking his first rounds of batting practice in 10 months. Um, he took, he did four rounds, which uh, it was the first time, like I said, in 10 months. And he's trying to prepare as if he's going to make the opening day roster. He knows he's not going to, but that's how he's trying to do it. Um, sounds good to me. Uh, as soon as we get, he's a speedster too. That's what I was thinking. Like this brings me back to my David Hamilton point. This is a point that I forgot to make. Mondesi is a reason I think Hamilton might not make the roster this year because to me, they're kind of like the same exact player plus defense, a little bit shaky with the bat, but really good on the base pass. So I feel like we already have a Hamilton on the major league roster this year. Fair enough. You definitely see that. But that's another reason Hamilton could make the roster is that uh, Mondesi infamously has uh, had some health concerns. So, I mean, if he does get nicked at some point this season, you could bring you know, David Hamilton up to fill some of that role. Let me let me take a quick look here. Uh, i got to look something up. Are you going to pull up his medicals? No, 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 no. I don't know how to pull you think yeah, I know he, how to do he, that? He pulled shit? up. It's like a herpes diagnosis. Where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, <right>? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't need to know. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I mean, Mondesi really hasn't played a lot of, a lot of games. No. no. He's been. He was on the Kansas City Royals for seven years, and he only played three hundred fifty-eight games. Yep. The most he played was in 2019. Yeah, and he's doing with a lot of talent, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Had 10 triples in 2019. Had Damn. 24 stolen bases in um, 2020. But he, can you believe eight is the most caught stolen bases? How many games did he play in 2020? Uh, 59. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's not a fan. It's not base percentage hasn't been that great since uh, 2020. I'll say 2019. Uh, He's 271 in 2021. Last year it dipped like fucking crazy. He went down to 204. Yeah, from what I've heard, he was just playing hurt. Yeah, like that entire time. That's that's what it sounds like because he's dead. Like he went started 185, 170. This is all his batting average, but 185, 170, 276, 263, 256, 230, 140 uh, last year. So yeah, that he only played 15 games last year. So yeah, I, hopefully he can uh, he can get healthy and he can help us out. It just seems like we have a lot of guys on this team that are just like hurt. Yeah, 100%. But that, that brings me to another thing. It's like everybody's like, oh, we got a bunch of people that are hurt or whatnot. It's like, yeah, well, you know, like you got guys on other teams that can just, you know, as easily get hurt too. You know, it's all about luck. 
You know, like who's to say that Kermit the Frog doesn't get hit by a line drive by John uh, Carlos Stanton? Yeah, yeah, injuries are huge. Uh, it's just a huge luck thing. I try not to hold it against players too much. And uh, I mean, Aaron Judge really proved it himself that like you know, injury prone is a thing for a player, and until it isn't. Like he he was injury prone. He until was he, he was healthy he all year last year. Like, do we not think that that dude was doing roids? He's been healthy the last three years, I believe. He's played at least 130 uh, or 40 games each of the last three years. Uh, I guarantee you he didn't play 100-plus games in 2020. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> doesn't count. Fake season. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, moving forward, uh, it looks like uh, MLB has Tristan Casas turning a weakness at first base from last year into a strength this year. I agree. I don't I, even need, I have anything else to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, I believe by the end of the season, Tristan Casas will be considered one of the 10 best first basemen in the game. Like, that's how high my opinion of him is. I think he's that good. He's going to blow some people away. Dude, kid's just a stun. He's going to blow people? That'd be crazy if he just started blowing people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, no, nothing against him, you know. <laughs> Keep I'm sunbathing, down. keep painting your nails, man. I'm down with and the just keep mashing. You know, that, that whole thing with the painting nails thing, that was way overblown. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is what upsets you? Like, a guy who fucking paints his nails? Um, it's crazy, man. Bro's just trying to be fabulous. Leave him alone. Leave my king alone. Shut the fuck up. Brandon. I don't know about the eye patch. Leather jacket, oh, maybe. Double eye patch. Spiked hair. Oh, Brandon. Love you know, you get the little comb out with the comb over or whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right, moving forward. So uh, I said something to you guys about this. And you guys kind of called me. You called me out on it. So oh, the only reason why you don't like it is because you're bald. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly fucking it, you dickheads. Um, I absolutely hate the spring training hats. Um, I'm a, I collect fitted hats. Um, I have a hat from every team and I collect like, uh, different types of hats and whatnot when it comes to the baseball teams. Um, but like the mesh in the back, I I've been collecting hats for like 14 years. I don't like them. I can't stand them. Like, am I concerned about, you know, getting a sunburn in my head? Maybe. But uh, no, I don't like them at all, dude. You would absolutely hate the hat I have on right now. <laughs> you have a snapback, don't you? It's snapback and mesh. Yeah, wow. <laughs> See, I don't hate them on other people. I hate. I I won't wear them. I'm just. I don't know. I have been. Uh, one day, I went out. I bought a fitted hat, a Boston Red Sox. Uh, fitted hat and I just like fell in love with it and then like I'd go out like the next week I'd buy two more and, and, and whatnot and then like 2020 is when I started like I got addicted to buying uh, the hats though like I had already had like 40 or 50 hats before but I didn't take care of them but in, like 2020 I started like actually I bought hats I might have like 130, 140 hats, and I have a case where I keep all my hats in. 
So as a hat guru, I have a question for you. I wouldn't call me a guru, but go ahead. What's your opinion on Velcro? Next. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't like Snapback, what the fuck makes you think I'm gonna like Velcro? So you just or, oh, it's just back. no. You know what? It's it's Tim being fucking trolly because that's what he does. Listen, like fit, fitted are my favorite personally. The problem is my massive fucking dome. I can barely find fitted hats that actually fit my head, so I usually have to compromise with fucking snapbacks. Yeah, no, I, I can't do it. It's a tragedy. I, I, I had a guy uh, I used to work with. He came in one day and he was like, uh, I forgot where he was. I think he was from the um, from like Korea or something like that. But he had. He had a Red Sox, um, one of those hats that go through the loop or whatever. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, oh, I have Red Sox stuff uh, I want to give to you. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And, like, he brought it in and whatnot. And I saw the hat and I'm like, fuck. Like, I'll never fucking wear this. <laughs> and, and like, I didn't tell him that. And then one day he's like, oh, you still have the Red Sox hat I gave you? I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, why, why you don't look, wear it? I was like, uh. <laughs> I, and then I told him, I was like, I'm not a fan of those types of hats. Like, I I ended up, like, hanging it on my wall. But, like, yeah. that's what I would do with it. I would never spend money on that. Man. Yeah, as far as the new spring training hat, I mean, I think it's all right. I mean, personally, I, I, I kind of like the, you know, the navy blue, you know, color scheme. Personally, I, I always like uh, a bit more red in my Red Sox hats. Like, that's why I wish they'd wear the... Uh, uh, you know, the old school, it was like the seventies hat, you know, the, the red base and the, uh, the blue B. Uh, so that's probably my favorite Red Sox hat. Actually, uh, this one's my favorite, the fucking, just the pair of socks on them. Fair enough. I personally like it. I really, I like mesh hats, so I'm probably going to get one, but yeah, that's really all I got for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, I hate you too. Um, <laughs> so the Red Sox were the first team to get a buck called against them. Against them. Wow. Speak. Uh, speak correctly. Uh, on the disengagement, uh, the new rule is that you can throw over three times. It's actually two times. But if you step off or disengage for the third time, you have to get the runner out, or it's considered a buck. We're going to see a lot of this this year. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of runners on second and third. Yeah. And I got to say, this is a uh, tragic, you know, just the, uh, the Richard Blyer effect that this guy comes on the team immediately. We're starting giving up, you know, box. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a bozo. Yeah. You know, Heim L once again. <laughs> <laughs> was it, was it him that got the, uh, got the yeah, box? it was like when he had yeah. like two or three box and the save at bat. <laughs> Those are the only box he's ever had in his entire career. That ump just had a fucking vendetta against him. <laughs> that was him. Um, honestly, the rule I kind of like it personally, especially because it. it speeds up the game. So I'll get more into that when we talk about Pitchcock later. If we're still going to talk about that a little bit, but yeah, I, I do like the rule, especially because like if you throw over a third time and you don't get him, then you're just fucked. Right, especially if there's a guy at third base. So it's like, uh, I'll just let you have second. Screw it. You know, like, fuck it. Yep. You, you take it. Like, it's a cat and mouse game. You know, like, Max Scherzer said it. Um, he loves the rule. And whatever. I mean, we could talk about the pitch clock, too, because, you know, Hogdale, we've already had your opinion on it. But seeming as though it's brought up, Tim, what are your thoughts on the pitch clock? Um, I absolutely 
love the pitch clock. I mean, could they add a few more seconds so we could hear some more walk-up songs? Yeah, but like Hogdale was saying, I don't need to sit there and watch somebody adjust their batting gloves like Nomar or sit there and rub their bat against their legs and do all these rituals. Like, let's play the game. Sure. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I'm actually I'm 100% in love with the uh, with the uh, a pitch clock. I mean, we got a game last night that was two hours and 22 minutes. Beautiful. You know, like no more no more recording at one o'clock in the morning. Like, fuck yeah, sign me up for that. You know, I mean, I get some of the people's like arguments on it because they like I, I live in Connecticut. It takes me almost two hours to get all the way up to Boston. Right. So I drive two hours. I park. I walk 45 minutes to get not 45 minutes, but like I walk like 30 minutes to go to the ballpark, you know, and then the game's over two and a half hours later and then i got to do it all over again you know so there's yeah i want to sit and enjoy it i i get that i get that and some people don't 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 take in the baseball game um do i think that this is going to benefit the teams um yeah i think on a health wise thing uh we'll be playing a lot we'll be playing more people won't be standing around um i know there's a lot of people out there that think that this is it's a health concern or whatever um, we'll see at the end of the season. I mean, uh, go ahead, Haga. I mean, just to expand on it though, like, uh, you know, in a more serious way of like, you know, the positives of the pitch clock. I, I've, I've seen a lot of people like discrediting it just for the sake of like, you know, wow, this is just meant to, uh, appease casuals and bring more casuals into the game, to which I would respond. Yeah. Duh. Hey, uh, <laughs> Hey, every hardcore baseball fan, what were you before you were a hardcore baseball fan? You were a casual. Every single hardcore baseball fan was at one point a casual. Yep. So to bring in more of those hardcore guys, we got to get more casuals involved in the game. We're not trying to gatekeep here, lock dudes out of it. We want more people to get into this, into this great game that we love. Baseball has not grown in this country, at least the way that it should have been growing for like the last 20 years. And this helps so much in that regard. And really, it's perfect timing because in a few years, like other sports that are growing very rapidly, like soccer, the World Cup is coming to the United States in the next four years. The last time the World Cup was in the United States, Major League Soccer was founded. So soccer within the next like five years is going to get a major boom here in the United States. I'll tell you right now, man, like when uh, the World Cup was going on, I – so before – the World Cup, I didn't hear anything about soccer, anything mm-hmm. like that. But when the World Cup started happening and whatnot, every day, yep, news about it, news about it. There's people at work that were talking about it. Uh, one of my friends, he's like, shut up. You know, like I'd be over his house. He'd be like, shut up the soccer. You know, I'm watching Poland play or whatever. And like I found there was like I found myself watching soccer videos um, of like old players and stuff. So like I started pulling stuff up. Am I gonna get into soccer? No. That's no. the thing, though, is like just it being in this country, and a lot of kids are gonna go to those World Cup games because they're yeah. held all over the country, and they're gonna get into it. Right. And it's exactly. gonna cut into some of the new kids that watch baseball and try to be right. baseball players. So I think this is the perfect time to do that stuff. It's bringing the game more in line to how it used to be, and that you know games used to be two hours all the time or two to two and a half hours. But guess the years crept along, and uh, 
every team tried to min-max every single individual part of the game. It just getting getting longer and longer and longer. And I'm just I'm glad that MLB finally did something that will help grow the game. Like it's so rare that baseball does something that makes the game more watchable and more appealing to a wider audience. And people bitch about it. Uh, so who do you think it is that we need to thank for this? Because I, I don't think it's Manfred because Manfred isn't that smart. Man, I was saving baseball. I was just going to say it's not Manfred. You know who else is in the MLB front office? Theo. Theo. He's saving baseball. Theo saved baseball. Unsurprising. He's trying to He's trying to get uh, at Manfred's job. Oh, 100%. I hope and, he does. Uh, if he goes for the job, it's his. Like if I don't know how that works, I have to look into that and do some research or whatever. But I don't. It's not like a. I'm sure it's not like a presidential thing, whatever. I'm sure it's something to do with like the owners uh, making the decision on who becomes the commissioner um, and whatnot. I know was it Selig was the last one. Um, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he retired, and that's why Manfred ended up being the commissioner. Yes. Correct. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So. Fuck Bud Selig. Hate that guy. He brought us steroids, man. He brought us the steroid era. Yeah, and then he fucking kept uh, – he's part of the you know the, the the people who smeared those same people with steroids name. Yeah, him. isn't he in the fucking Hall of Fame too? He is. He, you, you better bet he is. He's in, but Barry Bonds is not. What a great yeah, fucking right. Hall of Fame. What a fucking scumbag. All right. So let's talk about it, because defense is for fucking nerds. It is. It's for is bozos it Emmanuel Soto or Juan Valdez? I mean, e- either one of those, like you know, names from Juan Soto being associated with the greatness that is Emmanuel Valdez is you're pretty fucking insulting, you know, to me. This man's just in you know a league above everyone else. He's transcending the entire league at this moment. Uh, um, and yeah, he can't play defense. So what? We. Cope and or seethe. That is my response. <laughs> so you, you have Emmanuel Valdez, who's obviously he's got power, and everybody ooh and nod uh, yesterday when he hit his, uh, he hit that bomb. But um, are we just gonna like like overlook Christian Arroyo now? I mean, he'll just get hurt at some point. Like that's nothing against him. He just will. That's just. It is a one of life's great certainties, along with death and taxes, is Christian Arroyo at some point in the season getting hurt. And I do love him. I, I love Christian Arroyo. Like I mean, you love him so player. much, you wanted him as your leadoff guy. You know it, bro. You absolutely know it. Like Christian Arroyo, he's a great vibes guy. As uh, you know, bringing up the vibes again, uh, plays good defense, second base, decent bat. Uh, I just he's just never so shown an ability to stay healthy for a prolonged period of time. So I know at some point in the season, Valdez will get a shot. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about the roster construction, we're going to need a lot of luck for these guys to stay healthy, to be honest. So I won't be surprised to see guys like Valdez, Hamilton, possibly up at some point this season. And I would love to see them up, especially Valdez. I just love that guy's batting stance and the power. All for half a season of uh, Christian Vasquez. Thank you, Astros. (laughs) I have to see more. Uh, I only saw a little bit of him in Triple uh, A last year. Um, I don't think he. I, not even. I don't think. Uh, I don't think he's ready for the major league level. I do think that he'll. I don't think he's ready either way. Uh, we'll. We'll. We will see him this year. 
100%, that is a fact. We will see him at some point this year. If it's when Arroyo gets, you know, if he ends up on the IL, um, if something happens with Mondesi, um, I mean, we still have Yu Chang as well. So I have a question for you guys. Out of Sadon, uh, David Hamilton, and Emmanuel Valdez, who do we see first? Oh, I think you're seeing Valdez. I want Sadon. I think probably Valdez first, but Sadon could be literally right there because they really they really like him. Like everything that like you know Cora has been saying about him, he's been raving about his defense. But are they going to let him? He hasn't played in Triple A yet, so yeah. If they're not, I I mean, like Tim said earlier, if you know Hamilton, Hamilton is probably the last guy to get called up out of those three. Let's just leave it yeah. at that. Uh, Emmanuel Valdez and uh, Sedan, neck and neck. I would say. I mean, you got Valdez because of his power, but Sedan is just good all around. Basically, I mean, he's got a. He's got to basically he he swings at pitches outside of the zone, and I mean like he still makes contact, but the problem is is that like they roll over. Mm. Yeah. So like with all that stuff, with that, it's an easy out. But he's got wheels too. And Sadon's got some pop, underrated right. pop. I mean, I saw uh, I saw him last year with the Sea Dogs, and. A lot of people compared him to Mookie, and I understand it. It's basically like his his frame um, and kind of how he holds his bat. I can see it, uh, boy. No, like we should. We gotta stop comparing people to other people. You know. Well, I mean, it's also that like he's a defensive savant, but it's like, I mean, Mookie's just such a complete player. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's such a high standard to live up to. I'm sure Mookie, Mookie's the type of, was the type of person that Sedan was, you know? Yeah. Like he probably was the same way. And then he worked on his swing and whatnot. So, Brad, it's, it's hard not to go there though. Cause like middle infield to center field, similar stance, similar issues at the beginning of their minor league careers. Yeah. You're very, you're very right. You're, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, there, there's a reason why people do it, and I get it. It's just – it sucks because then, like, you compare this guy to him, and then if he doesn't live up to it, it's like, see? Because everybody wants to, wants to like – they want to, like, shit on the person, you know, like, oh, look. Like, look at, like, the media for uh, the Boston Red Sox or the Boston area media. Literally. You know, they literally shit on Bloom in every move he makes. Won't give him any credit for the good stuff, but shit all over the stuff he did like he didn't do. Like they were pissed when we signed they weren't pissed, but they weren't happy when we signed Hunter Rifro. Then when we traded him, they were pissed about it, you know, things like that. It's like fuck the guy can't do anything right for you. Dude, I almost feel like some guys in the media would rather see Sadon fail so they can like bring up old comparisons than see him be successful and they have to write about it. Nah. I don't, I don't want to see that at all. Fuck you. No, I'm not saying I want to see it. I, I just. No, say, I'm saying like them, like fuck you. <laughs> and there's a certain guy I'm thinking of. Maz. No. Mister hmm. Pete. Oh God, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move forward. Um, we got some MLB stuff that I want to talk about. Um. 
before we do, I want to shout out the guys um, from Sox Prospects. You got Chris and Ian. I listened to the latest episode. Fantastic. Um, a lot of news in there. Uh, they talk about, uh, obviously, you know, being Sox Prospects is their name. You're obviously going to uh, get some information on the minor leagues and whatnot. But it, I feel like their knowledge of this minor league system is just so incredible. You know, like. Dude, I, I wish I had it. Right. Ian was okay. talking about how uh, how he began doing what he does because someone sent an email and it's just incredible. Like the guy started out in DC. He was watching minor league games. He was picking scouts. Uh, he was picking their brains and whatnot. And it's just incredible. Like what he, what he was able to do. And Chris is just, he's super knowledgeable too. Uh, love the episode. Fantastic. Like I said, I don't usually listen to podcasts, but I wanted to listen to this one uh, because of the fact that they were talking about Noah song and we had talked about this on the previous episode. And seriously, anybody who uh, has any questions about the Noah Song situation, definitely talk to the guys from Sox Prospects. Because they, like I said, so knowledgeable. But uh, look, moving forward, um, uh, MLB news. Uh, this one, like, I couldn't help but chuckle about this. Um, because Aroldis Chapman slipped in his house and cracks his tooth. Uh, didn't we have something similar last year that happened to Aroldis Chapman? He got a tattoo and got and an it infection. Got, like from infected? It. Yeah. yeah. Right before the playoffs. Oh, God. Shout out to Karma coming, coming around. <laughs> um, so I was listening to the Cardinals Mets games on Monday. I believe this was a Sunday game. Not 100% sure. Uh, but they were talking about this one, like, pissed me off. But then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, really? Um, there was the, 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 uh, the radio um, people, they were talking about how MLB should fine or kick out players who take longer than two minutes after a home run. Um, it don't take two minutes to run around a base. And the celebration, even if you add a celebration on it, it's not going to be like two minutes. Am I wrong? Um, give me one second. I mean, yeah, there's no I, way they don't take that long. They're, they're exaggerating. <laughs> I mean, how long did Poppy take to go around the base? That's what I'm looking up right now. Because <laughs> I like, swear he was the slowest guy. He like, has. He, didn't, he he trotted. He didn't run. So he has the slowest ever recorded time running around the bases. Uh, I'm looking for the time. Oh, there's a tracker. Is there? Oh, my yeah. Lord. Tater Tot Tracker. Tater Tot <laughs> Tracker. Is it called tatertot.com? Oh, what? That's not the link sent me to something stupid. All right. Yeah. This is tragic. That's the thing, though. That's the one thing you don't want to regulate the fucking time on. Is you want we want these dudes to show personality when they hit a bomb. Okay, like, again, so his more dudes did. his relaxed time was thirty two point nine one seconds. Oh come on, you see that's which is approximately one point five seconds slower than the previous record set by Bobby Abreu. And yeah, those are still nothing. Like yeah, thirty seconds. Like yeah, thirty seconds. No. What is the longest? 
Because he's usually like a, a, a good back bat flip or a good fucking mean muggle a few seconds. And then they're just doing a trot. Dude, I... Tim died. I Tragedy. Want, I want the bat flips you see in like the NBP or NPB. Oh, yeah. I want the crazy shit going on. <laughs> Dude, have you seen what they do with their All Star games? Have you no. seen what what the uh, uh, what they do with uh, a CVP? What is it? The Chinese Professional Baseball League. Do you see what they do there? No. No. What do they do there? They have like a celebration before and after. Like they have a musical guest, and they like put on a full show and whatnot. They have like cheerleaders. It's like bring it on, dude! Like that back in twenty twenty. I used to wake up at like four o'clock in the morning just to watch baseball games over in China. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, so the Japanese All Star Game, they do a bunt challenge, like a bunt derby. <laughs> like there's certain spots on the infield that are worth different points. Oh, that rules! That's all, a great idea for an All Star Game festivity. All right, so listen to this. All right, speaking of home run shots and whatnot. I looked something up. I can't find David Ortiz's longest, uh, his, how long it takes. Because 30-something seconds doesn't seem right. It takes him like 30-something seconds to get to second base. I'll send you. (laughs) Come on. I mean, how many triples did he have in his life, too? And he hit him in like his last year or last couple years or whatever? I think so, yeah. It's crazy. But um, so – I was like, what is the longest time a person has taken to go around bases after a home run? And nothing actually came up. But this yeah. did come up, and it's kind of funny. It, uh, it popped up on Google. It says, is there a time limit for home run trots? And it says, there is no time limit, but the unwritten rule, here we go, unwritten fucking it. rules, is that you run the bases at a decent pace, not sprinting, but maybe half to three-quarters speed. Brad, look oh, at what I just sent you. The fucking unwritten rules, I swear to God. 32.91 <laughs> is. Everybody in the chat room is probably like, what the fuck is this for? <laughs> it really was. I feel like wow. that's not unreasonable. That isn't. I mean, you're taking your slow-ass time, but like two minutes is such an over-exaggeration. Yeah, like way too much of an over-exaggeration. And again, we want our players to be fucking showing off with these home runs, man. Like, we want these dudes to be showing some personality. There's like, you could count on your hand, like, the amount of people in the league who actually, like, speak their mind. It's, we just, we need more, not less. Yo, Hogdale, I have a question for you. What's up? How would you feel about Jazz Chisholm around the entire base path just Euro-stepping? That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> that actually would take probably two minutes. <laughs> That'd be such a fun. Right. Let's move forward. Uh, we have a couple uh, injuries that I'd like to talk about. I want to talk about some Korea things. There's something Korea related, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people are tired of hearing about. Uh, we'll talk about some Blue Jay stuff, an ex-Blue Jay slash Red Sox uh, player. Uh, it signed a contract. And then uh, we'll call it an episode for today, guys. Uh, so Joe Musgrove uh, fractured his toe by dropping a kettle weight. Or, what are they called? Kettle ball, kettle weights, whatever. 
on his toe. In the Ouch. Way. Unfortunate. This sucks to be you, dude. That sounds awful. You know what sounds even worse than that? What? what? Gavin Lux being out for oh, this season. No. Dude, I feel bad about that. That, that sucks. So that, that's one that I wouldn't even like. That's one that I wouldn't joke about. But like breaking your toe in a gym is just kind of funny. But like, I don't know. It just, I thought he just bent his knee the wrong way. I was hoping he didn't tear his ACL. I knew it was a possibility, but I was really hoping it wasn't that. And then it came back later. It was. And I just felt awful because he was getting his first real chance this year to prove himself, especially being the Los Angeles Dodgers sh- everyday shortstop. So, like, the uh, as soon as I saw it, I, I kind of made a joke post about it. Um, you know, I was like, Jose Iglesias, you are a Dodger. And immediately yeah. after posting that, because that, that seems like the best the best thing right now, right? Immediately, somebody uh, on Twitter was like, oh, we should scoop him up. I was like, well, why? And he, said, why and he goes, because fuck the Dodgers. And I was like, that's a good reason. Respectable. Respectable reason. It, it is a respectable reason. But I mean, like... We should just... just- we should just sign every middle infielder that's available just to fuck the Dodgers. See, that's the joke's on us, though, because now that uh, Lux is hurt, they're going to just find whatever all-star shortstop has, like, one or two years left in their deal and trade for him. Because <laughs> they're the Dodgers, and they can just do that. All right. Uh, moving forward, it's also Seiya Suzuki uh, is going to be out with a left oblique. Uh, he's not going to be part of the World Baseball Classic. Uh, another person with an oblique strain is Tyler Glasnow. That's a, yeah, that's a bummer. Not a shocker, though. I'm just Turn happy to, to say. Uh, oh, go ahead, dude. <laughs> I'm just happy to see Heim injuring other teams instead of the Red Sox for once. Yeah, putting his talents to use. Uh, I got to say, though, uh, shout out to Bill with the uh, uh, you know, uh, Sox South, the best tweet. When he said it looks like uh, Tyler's made of glass now, you know. Yeah, so good job, Bill. <laughs> and those fucking dad puns. I love Bill, man. His dad puns are the best, bro. Bro, like you, you gotta hear some of the dad jokes I have that I say at work. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, so it came out yesterday. I didn't see this as an article. I actually ended up seeing something, a video where it was Michael K talking, um, and. He said that the Mets passed on Correa because they believe he has three or four years left on his ankle. And after they rebuild it, it's so that he can, you know, basically have a uh, a, a life. You know, he won't be able to play baseball. Uh, you guys hear that? I only saw the um, tweet that you shared, but I hadn't heard anything else about it. So I was just kind of curious about where they were hearing that from and how reputable it was because I haven't seen it anywhere else besides the Michael K show. Not for anything. And I know he's, he's a Yankee announcer and whatnot, and I might get some shit for this, but I think Michael K is kind of reputable. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, so, I, I, mean I like, know if, if he got that, I know he is, but like, I don't know. I kind of like would like to hear it from multiple places before I take take it with more than a grain of salt, if you know what I mean. 
Well, to me, it makes sense, though, because, I mean, like, yeah, the, the Giants, as soon as they saw the medicals, were like, yeah, fuck that. And then the Mets did the same thing. So, I mean, you got to think his ankle is looking pretty catastrophic. Is it just, like, uh, like dust? Like, when you, like, x-ray his ankle and, like, get a look in there at the MRI, is it just, like, fucking, you just see a cloud of, like, dust where the bone used to be? You know, it could be. I think we're not considering enough here. And two more things. Uh, uh, the Blue Jays ended up hiring James Click as the vice president. Um, that whole thing, like, with him and the Astros just seemed weird. Yeah. Like, you literally just won a World Series, and now you're with another team? Like, um, that, I don't think it has anything to do with Click. I, I think the fact that they only offered him one a one-year deal – Especially after they just won the World Series. Granted, all of those were from the previous. Uh, most of those players were from the previous um, GM, uh, but it's like he was there, and you're going to just offer him a one-year deal. Something didn't seem right. To, I mean, to me, just uh, reeks of Jim Crane being a cheap ass, which he's, from all indications he just is. So yeah, I mean, of course, like when all the dudes on that World Series team. Were, uh, what was his name, Lou now? Yeah, that see, like, that's why yeah. I said the previous team. I was like, yeah. I couldn't come up with his name for some reason. Yeah, it's like, that's all his guys. So, right. he, he, like, yeah, Click's probably like, yeah, I want a five-year deal. And, like, uh, Chip Crane's like, why? <laughs> I mean, one year seems like a slap in the face. I would, I mean, two years, I would have been like, that's still kind of disrespectful, but that's more respect. I mean, it's definitely more respectful than, you know, uh, 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 one year, but it's like, regardless of it being uh, Lunau's team, he was still the GM and he had to manage, you know, situations. So, Tim? Home, home run hire for the Blue Jays, and that's really all I got on that. Yeah. I think he's an exceptional executive and he'll thrive and help the Blue Jays develop, draft, any way possible. And the last thing, uh, which actually came out like right before we started recording, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Good for you, buddy. Uh, he signed a minor league contract with the Kansas City Royals. I, I, Tim, I know you're kind of a dick when it comes to this, but uh, I'm happy for JBJ. And, and I'll always be, I'll always have love for Jackie. Simply because I, I remember the first game I ever went to, which was in 2013. Um, I walked into the store and I saw this shirt that said Bradley Jr. on the back of it. Had no fucking clue who it was. And I was like, that's my guy. Respectable. You know, so I, I will always have some love for Jackie Bradley Jr. That's respectable. Um, I'm happy for him. I'm happy. The fact that it took so long. Though, like we're what we're a week and a little, a little less than a week into spring training, like the games. Do you guys see him making the uh, the Kansas City Royals roster? Tim, shut the fuck up. I mean, maybe it's the Royals are pretty terrible. So I mean, like he has a shot, but uh, I mean, JBJ just kind of looked, you know, cooked last year, like. Uh, his bat looks like it's just gone forever. So at this point, he's kind of relegated to a defensive replacement. Fair enough. I Tempted. will say this: I actually forgot. I totally forgot they traded Michael A. Taylor. 
So I think there is a good shot he could make the roster. I don't know if he'll play every day, but I think he has a shot. No, there's no way he's going to play every day. I mean, the dude literally got a minor league contract. I think he opts out. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be in a, in a minor league team. Um, I mean, they'll put him down where? Double A? Where's their AAA located? I believe in Omaha. Yeah, I'm good on that. If I'm him, at least. Yep, they're in Omaha. The Omaha Storm Chasers. What do you know? Uh, do you guys have anything else that you guys like would like to talk about before we end the episode? Hogdale, you're beautiful. Yep, thanks, Tim. I appreciate that, man. Speaking of Hogdale... We um we now have a Hogdale shirt. Um, Hogdale, do you want to tell everybody about it? Yeah, you know, just a, it, it reflects my ethos that has recently come to light after uh, the whole Emmanuel Valdez thing. That uh, defense is for nerds, and now you could buy a shirt with a a cartoony version of my face on it that says "Defense is for nerds" to let everyone truly know uh, the correct opinion. <laughs> Yeah. There really is only one good take, and it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim Hogdale, I appreciate you guys jumping on. Um, Tim is part of the weekday podcast. Uh, we'll be working together uh, throughout the season. And uh, Hogdale, obviously, is part of the Sunday crew, and he'll you know pop on every once in a while whenever needed. So, yep. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, All God. right. Take it easy, guys. See ya. Deuces.